Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Field, that one's called to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would. It, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like. Now, to your hosts. All right, welcome in Red Sox Beat, CLNS Media. Brand new edition, has been a few weeks, but we finally have something to talk about, so we're going to have a show. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter, at CLNS Media for the network, at Red Sox underscore Beat for the show itself. Red Sox Beat Podcast on Facebook, at CLNS Media. Search the same thing on Facebook, you'll find the network there. And of course, big news if you haven't seen it, CLNSmedia.com is live. It's active, everyone can see it, it's fantastic, it's a beautiful new website, so uh, check it out there as well. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes, listen to us on Stitcher, anywhere you can find us, obviously the uh, mobile podcast app for CLNS as well, Android, iOS store, wherever you want to find it, all the shows on the network, not just us there as well, Jess Thomas, Lauren Campbell, pre-show we were looking at Jess's wedding photos, that was fantastic, uh, those will be post- some of those will be posted to Facebook shortly, we might tweet a few out too, why not Jess, if you're okay with that, um, Totally. Go for it. Yeah, it's more entertaining that way, to be honest. Um, but guys, it's been a few weeks. How are we? We are great. Well, I'm great. I won't speak for Jess, but I'm sure he's great, too. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited to talk some baseball. I've been kind of going crazy without it. If you couldn't tell from my tweets. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely tweet more about baseball. I think people definitely want to hear more than like 45 tweets a day about baseball. I'll tweet right now. When she tweets and subtweets herself about Red Sox and Major League Baseball and Giancarlo Stanton, you know it's probably a good day for her. Um, she, might, she might be crazy. We maybe, don't know yet. Maybe a little bit, but we'll find yeah, out when the Red like Sox win the World Series. We'll really know how crazy she is when they win the next one. Um, a lot going on, actually. We, have a lot, we finally have something to talk about. It's kind of why we figured, you know, hop on, do a quick show here. And let's start with the most recent news because this is something that really intrigues me because it involves the new manager of the Boston Red Sox. So top right into it. Um, Alex Cora. We all know, new manager, was formerly with the Astros. Reportedly, according to Evan Drellick, our friend over there at NBC Sports Boston, had an outburst with the Astros broadcaster, who is Jeff Blum, and, of course, their manager, A.J. Hintz. Apparently, a little bit of uh, David Price in him. Apparently, wasn't too happy. Apparently, um, Jeff Blum said something in regards to the way they were playing. Um, 
Uh, supposedly, it might have been over the music, and Blum asked him to turn his music down. Whatever you believe in it, there was some sort of situation, and reports are they went about, about 10 minutes. They were outside of Minute Maid Park near the loading dock um, after they got off the bus as well, and apparently... He was a hothead. He wasn't happy with Jeff Blum or AJ Hinch. And then the reports were that the next morning, he supposedly had a little few too much kickers in the back there. He was a little tipsy when he was yelling at them, and he apologized and said, of course, he shouldn't have done that, blah, 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 all that good stuff you do to save face. After you do something, you shouldn't have done. But before I answer, um, what do you guys make of this? And, and do you, Are you concerned about this at all? Is this something that, you know, because if, if you look at it um, negatively, this could be a, oh crap, he, this is David Price 2.0, this, this isn't good, this guy's already outbursting at a manager, um, and a broadcaster when he's now the new manager of the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I don't really see any problem with it, I just kind of see it as there's nothing going on in the baseball world, the Red Sox world really, it's kind of slow, so they kind of surface the story. Um, I mean, I could say everyone gets heated, we get heat, like heat of the moment kind of thing, uh, he came out and apologized it seems I don't really know like too much about it just from what I read today, but I don't really see it as an issue, especially going forward. Um, I still think the Red Sox would have hired him wh- whether they knew about this or not. So I, I it's kind of just like out of sight, out of mind for me. Do you buy they didn't know about it? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I don't think they would have hindered their decision either way. I don't think they would have been like, never mind, we don't want him. Like you're stuck with David Price for how many years? So I think you can deal with Alex Cora, but. No, I don't see it as an issue at all. I think I still think the same when he was hired. I think he's going to be great. Yeah, I was a little bit concerned when I saw it, just because it was like, whoa, not this again. I mean, it's obviously a little different. It's a you know, he was a bench coach to a broadcaster instead of a a player to a broadcaster. But regardless, it's still not something you want to see. But like Lauren said, the fact that he did apologize and say he's going to move on from it and like get better you know price never said that so that makes it different in that in that regard but yeah i mean it's not it's not encouraging to see that he's able to lose his mind maybe that easily but as jared said you know it's, it sounded like there was a little alcohol tipsiness involved and and whatnot so yeah i'm not thrilled with it but i still would have taken him if they knew that and I'm not, I don't think that's going to be a problem, and I think he'll probably be more careful of that as a manager. I don't think it hinders their decision by any means. I agree with you guys on that. I don't. I don't think that uh, I, they look at this and go, "Oh, we yelled the guy once." We. I mean, you're not going to ma- want you to manage our baseball team by any means. But um, if this happens during the season, because Lauren, you said, you know, um, well, it happened. You know, it's, it's us trying to find something to talk about, which might be true. You know, because there is literally nothing to talk about. That's why we haven't been on the air in a few weeks. But. What happens if this happens in May, June, July, in September, October, when they're playing for the World Series? What happens then? I think it depends on what really happens. I mean, if it's an outburst towards really who, like why, um, it, there's really a lot of factors that go into it. I mean, I don't I don't see it happening, but I'm, then again, I didn't really see David Price freaking out on uh, Dennis Eckersley. So, I mean, it's, it's baseball. Anything can happen. Um, I think it just really comes down to how they handle it. If they handle it this if it does happen and they handle it the same way they handled the whole Price Eckersley thing, I'm going to be concerned because they kind of just like brushed it off. But I don't see Alex Cora as the kind of manager John Farrell was. I think that's obviously why they hired him. So I think it would, if it did happen, they'd come out and be like, this is what happened. Our bad. We're done. Like, that's it. See, I don't think it even yeah. surprises me that David Price did it because David Price is kind of a pain in the butt. But 
Alex Cora surprises me because he's supposed to be the stand-up guy, relate to players, blah, blah, blah. And maybe, maybe that's part of it. You know, he is relating to the players enough to say, hey, don't do that. What are you doing? Don't, like, do you know what they go through? Because he, he may be still too close to being during his playing days, which could also be a problem. But I do have an issue with this because you're hiring a manager who has a temper. Yeah, yeah, I get it. He was drunk. And, and there is an excuse there in terms of, you know, you don't have those outbursts when you're sober, but David Price was completely supposedly dead dead so dead dead sober and he did it still and he went off and it was about some and about Erod pitching in the minors like who cares about that like the stats in the minors shouldn't matter so I'm a little concerned um now like I said it's not going to waver me saying hey they shouldn't have hired Alex Cora he's a hothead no he's not a hothead we, his track record is not a hothead manager or a hothead coach or a hothead player by any means but it concerns me that it's there especially after the incident that we had this summer with David Price, and you hate to bring it up, and you hate to try to compare the two because they're, they're kind of not the same in a sense because that was a teammate defending a teammate. But it's, it is it is what it is. It's the nature of what, what we have to deal with. It happened, and now we're a little more sensitive to this kind of stuff because of it. Yeah, it concerns me a little bit for sure. If it happened in the regular season, like you said, Jared, that would definitely concern me. It would have blown up. That's... It would have blown everybody right. It would have blown everybody up. And that's taking away from like what they're trying to do in the season and playing baseball, and that's obviously not what they're looking to do. So yeah, if, if something like this happened on our team in, in during the season, then yeah, I think big red flag. Yeah, so it, it's just it's just one of those things where you know this came out of nowhere, and I don't know partially if 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 Drellick was digging for something and he knew about something that he just wanted to talk about, make a story, and that, you know that's what his job is, right? So I don't discredit him for doing that, and it makes good content for us to talk about. Um, but that being said, you know, I have no concerns about Alex Cora, but this is something to keep in the back of the head. So I don't know what's going to happen with this situation, and, and I guarantee you it's diffused. Dombrowski didn't comment on it. He just said, you know, he, he claims he found out when the, when the NBC Sports Boston, I'm assuming Drellick was the one who asked him about it, that apparently that's when he found out. Um, Cora obviously said, you know, in an apology, people have disagreements. Sometimes it's about life, people about the game, blah, 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 all that kind of crap. So... Um, you, you believe what you believe, um, but ultimately it's going to have to come down to what he does in a Red Sox uniform. And if you know if this is a one-time incident and there's no problems, then good. Hopefully he can deal with David Price and go, dude, see, we did the same thing. Stop it. You're, you're being dumb. I apologize. You need to apologize and move forward. So um, I don't know. But other things to talk about in the Red Sox world, uh, well, obviously if, if something else comes up with Alex Cora, we'll obviously tweet about it or record it on the show as well. So keep your eye out for that. Um, Update on Giancarlo Stanton, because we haven't talked about this um, since we last had a show. Um, Giancarlo Stanton is out. Red Sox are not interested in Stanton anymore. Supposedly, deal's coming down soon, as according to all the reports that I've seen. Um, and it looks like it's going to be the Giants or Dodgers. Most, it might be the Giants. I know his reps had said they were meeting in L.A. with the Giants um, staff. So, does he go to the Giants? Does he go to the Dodgers? I don't know. But, guys, it's, it's coming down to the wire now, where the big slugger lands. And it ain't going to be in a Red Sox uniform. I, I don't know why I just I have this feeling that he's going to the Giants. I think he wants to be on the West Coast, and he know, I mean he said that he doesn't like the cold, which whatever. Like he played in Miami, I get it, but I mean it's it's really high chance that every World Series isn't going to be like this one that was just played. It's not going to be two warm weather teams. You're going to have to deal with the cold in some way, shape, or form. Whatever it's baseball, um, and I was saying something the other day. I was like, I don't know what's appealing about a 95 loss team. But it's the Giants that that they've won plenty of World Series to prove that they're a good team. And then I'm thinking, like, what's appealing about a 95-win team that gets kicked out of the playoffs in the first round two years in a row? In a cold so, weather city. 
in a cold weather city. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, I'm bummed because, of course, I wanted someone with his power here. Of course, having like a threat in that in that our lineup is something I'm always looking forward to. And we clearly missed last year. But his contract worried me. What we'd have to give up definitely worried me. But yeah, I did want him here. But I'm not like crushed over it. I'm not like sad over when John Lester signed with the Cubs sad. I'm just like, okay, whatever. On to the next now. Well, it helps that Lester was on our team and Stanton wasn't. (laughs) Well, that's true. Lester helped you win a World Series and was a beloved member of this organization for a very long time. Stanton, not so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I didn't lose any sleep over it, honestly. I mean, I never thought they were going to get him in the first place, and I knew you're going to have to give, give up way too much for this guy, and not worth it. And if he doesn't want to play here, then it's definitely not worth giving up all you're, you'd have to give up for him. So I never really thought it was a reality in the first place. So once they said they're not getting them, I was like, well, that's what I thought anyway. So didn't really surprise me. So with that, let, let's go to the Jose Abreu thing, because that's kind of the next evolving step, right? A, Everyone wanted Stan, myself included, but you know there have been multiple, multiple reports about the White Sox and the Red Sox being talked uh, in talks about around Jose Abreu. Now that being said, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I wouldn't hate Jose Abreu here. I think he'd be a phenomenal player for this team. But the only way that makes sense, and I would really, this they need to get JD Martinez now for one. I think the only way that Jose Abreu is okay for me, and I think he's fine either way. But JD needs to be on this team, and I think that's their plan. I think they're going to open the checkbook. I think they're going to. Start throwing money everywhere, JD, and he's coming to Boston. I think that's the, it's been their plan. I think they were kicking the tires on Stan. You could tell by that if they're out at this point. They're, they were kicking the tires. They knew how much they needed to give up, and they didn't want to do that. So, I mean, if that works out, then good for them. But now you have to get the guy you should get, and that's JD. And then Jose Abreu should be here in, in a smaller deal that you won't have to give up as much as you would have had to get Stan. And now you have a first base hole filled, some extra power with Abreu, and JD comes as your um, massive power signing of the offseason. I mean, there's no reason that they can't get both of them. We have the means to trade for Abreu. There's no doubt about that. And Dombrowski already came out and said, I I don't give a crap about the salary cap, and we're going to go over it. And so, obviously, with the money that J.D. Martinez wants, it is concerning. But at the same time, I I want that power. And I want, you know, he's not as big a threat as Giancarlo Stanton. That's obvious. But... You know, we need to do something, and we need to do something big. And I mean, I want to bring you here. Well, once that rumor started floating around, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can. I like him. I can give up, you know, JBJ and somebody else for him. I don't mind that. I don't. I've been calling for JBJ to be traded for the last two years. So there's no reason that we can't get both of them here. But at the end of the day, I think, I think Abreu would come here before Martinez. Because we need the first base, like we need we need someone to play first base. Hanley's not going to play first base, so we know that. And Brock Holt's not going to go there, so I think uh, I think Abreu is at the top of the list or priority over Martinez. But there's, like I said, there's no reason that we can't get both of them in a Boston uniform next season. So, Jared, in your scenario where you get Abreu and Martinez, are you thinking trade Bradley for Abreu and then put Betts in center field, Martinez in right field, and Abreu at first base? Is that what you're? Yeah, that's what I'm. That thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, and I think and I think JD could play right field here. I don't think it's that. I mean, obviously it's it's not an easy spot to play, but I don't think it's something that he can't figure out enough to bring him in here and let Abreu play first base. Now, Abreu's talks apparently have been preliminary, and we don't know if that's even going to happen. Now, I think JD needs to happen either way. I think that needs to be the first move um, when free agent starts to fly off the shelves. Come winter meetings, which are around the corner, by the way. Um, 
that needs to be something that happens, and it's going to be—he's going to be the first big chip to fall because once he goes, then people start looking at guys like Eric Hosmer as power first base options, without having to trade for Abreu, things like that. Um, so maybe Jess—I don't know what you think, but like, do you guys think that if Abreu doesn't come here in a trade, which might not happen, you know, who would they? Who would you be okay with at first base? Would you even be okay with Mitch Moreland coming back at first base if they sign JD Martinez? Well, I guess the logical thing there would be. Eric Hosmer, since he plays first base, um, I'd take him. I'd take Moreland back, too, no doubt. I mean, I think Hosmer's a little bit better of a player, but I would definitely take both of them. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. In terms of giving up Bradley, I mean, I've seen some people say, like, oh, Brady's a huge upgrade. And then I've seen other people say, well, Brady's good at offense, but JBJ's excellent at defense and has some offense, too. Like, is it worth it? I'm not sure if it's worth it. I mean, Brady's a really good player. I it's hard to tell for me. I think I would trade Bradley for Abreu because we've probably seen JBJ's ceiling in terms of overall play. So I would take that. But if you don't get Abreu, I mean, I, I take Hosmer too. I, I think JD's like the gotta go, has to be in play, like has to be the guy like this offseason. If they don't change much, which they don't have to change too much, like we know they're talented. We know the biggest problem was the offense, uh, the power numbers of the offense. JD fixes the majority of that right away. And I think people questioning, you know, is he really that good? Yeah, I think he is that good. I think he is a very talented player, and you put him at Fenway Park, and his numbers probably increase because of the size. He's got of the some ball. really good numbers. So when you look at the numbers and the number of home runs he can hit, increase all those because you're playing at Fenway off the monster, short park, whatever it may be. I think JD has to be. It, it, that's it. if you're not going after Stanton and you don't trade for Abreu, JD Martinez has to be that you open up the checkbook and say, "Take whatever you want, sir. Don't hurt me, and come play for my baseball team." Take whatever you want, sir. Don't hurt me. That's that's aggressive. <laughs> like that, that, that's got to be Dombrowski's pitch because if he's claiming that he's okay with going over luxury tax, and, and John Henry and that group said the same thing, then you have to open up the man purse and just say, "Take whatever you want." That's got to be it at this point because now we're we all have our hopes up. The team said they don't care about the money; they'll spend what they have to spend. Good, pay JD, bring him here, and help yourself win a championship. Yeah, I mean, they have to do something. I mean, they can't sit out this offseason and continue with the team they have. I don't think they're going to. I just think it's a slow offseason. And, you know, no one's really doing anything. There's been some minor moves, nothing crazy. So, I mean, I think something major is going to happen. I I really don't think Dombrowski is going to sit back and let this team be what it was last year. Obviously, he's hungry for World Series. The fans are hungry. And I'm sure the players are hungry, too. So, just a matter of time. It's just I'm so impatient at this point where I'm just like, something anything anything at this point yeah i think you just gotta be patient at this point because like you said not much has happened and as long as stanton is not a team i guess not much is gonna happen I, I guess when he starts when he goes then things will start so just wait a few more days yeah the baseball world is frozen until giancarlo stanton goes where he wants to go or wherever he is traded and then from there jd goes and that's where the dominoes start to fall and it's no it's no coincidence people the winter meetings are like days away days away Monday. Winter meetings are days away, and Giancarlo Stanton's trade is coming up relatively soon. There's no coincidence. They might even happen at the winter meetings because that's when they all get in one room and they can figure this stuff out in person. So don't be surprised if it comes down before the winter meetings, over the weekend, or first thing winter meetings, because I guarantee it. It's pretty much almost a lock that J.D. Martinez will be on some form of a baseball team long term at those winter meetings because it's the best place to do it. It really is. Agents, GMs, player reps, everybody are at those meetings. That's the place to do it. So um, J.D. Martinez will be on, on some form of a team. It better be the Red Sox um, after those winter meetings, and that that's for sure. So 
one small move the Red Sox made to avoid arbitration, and this is not even close to a big of a deal as J.D. Martinez, but they did give Tyler Thornburg a one-year deal. And I think, to me, that's a big deal because, one, you avoid arbitration, which, I mean, isn't a huge deal, but it shows me, okay, maybe he is legit. Maybe they want him to come back and play, but it shows, okay, he's going to come back and maybe pitch this year, but he's on your roster this year, and he's the name is still there. Is this them just trying to, I'd say not make up for, but like make it feel okay trading away one of the best base power hitters in baseball last year? Or is it them legitimately just thinking that, you know, let's just afford arbitration, he's probably not going to play and just screw it and he'll be done with him in a year? I assume he'll play and, I mean, you got to give the guy a chance, right? Mm-hmm. He had traded, you traded several guys to get him here because he thought he was good, so... You know, and he didn't get to pitch, obviously, because he was hurt. So I assume we'll come back healthy, and this is their way of saying, all right, we traded for you. Now you're going to play. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I mean, I, I he's expected to be ready for 2018. So obviously I really, really want to see this guy pitch. I want to see him play. I think he'll be good. I don't see why he wouldn't be. But now, of course, like the surgery and the injuries definitely concern me. But, I mean, it's just arbitration is something that can be easily avoided, and they did that. And... You know what? If he's a bust, he's a bust, and it just then we would have lost that trade. We still have time to win this trade. Tyler Tolbert come out and absolutely just like be one of the best relief pitchers we're gonna see. But we, I mean, it's we're not gonna shock know. could hit like two twenty. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see like this season, especially with with Thornburg, because I'm dying to see him. And I want to I want to see what this guy can do. And like he was for who good. we he gave was, away. He was good in Milwaukee. That's the thing is people don't obviously it's Milwaukee. So no one really watches that much Brewers baseball outside of Milwaukee. But look, that guy was good in for Milwaukee. But they needed a power bat. They needed that third base spot filled, and Travis Shaw did that for them. And look, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, this moment they lose because he hasn't thrown a pitch yet. And Travis Shaw was one of the leading home run hitters last year, and almost made the Brewers make the playoffs. So. Yeah, maybe Travis Shaw had this hit as a oh, screwy Red Sox year, and he's done, and he's over with. Who knows? And next this time next year, we could be sitting here and say, oh, Thornburg was great, almost pretty much reliever of the year, MVP of the team, helped him win a World Series, and Travis Shaw sucked. Great. That might be great, and that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that. And right now, complete catastrophe for Dombrowski, but at least this shows me that, yeah, maybe you're doing it just to kind of put him on the books, but I, I think they do believe in him still. Um, and they're okay with giving him the money in the one-year deal to say, okay, this is it. This is your one year. We, were told you, we wanted you last year. You got hurt. We helped you take care of your body. We, we we weren't rushing you back. We shut you down for the year. Now you have to come back. We know you're healthy. It's do or die for you. So he's pitching under pressure. So that kind of pressure under with Boston behind it, um, he's definitely going to be dealing with it this this summer. And you know first sign of trouble, he's going to be hitting critics from us and as well as the Boston all of Boston media. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, pressure's on for him be, just because who we traded for to get him here and the hype around him, he's supposed to be good. So, I mean, pressure's on. Not to not to put any pressure on Tyler Thornburg, but the pressure's on because I'm so sick of you being on this roster and not seeing you pitch. It's like Carson Smith 2.0. <laughs> and he was good. So maybe Thornburg would be good, so too. So maybe this will be a Carson <laughs> Smith 2.0. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, wouldn't hate it. All right, listen up, Hoop fans. Basketball season is back, and now that your favorite hardwood heroes have returned to action, it's time for you to put your fantasy knowledge to the test to win huge cash prizes every night playing one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings.com. Don't forget to draft Boston Celtics, one and only Kyrie Irving. 
course, at DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or, of course, private contests where you can compete against your friends. They've even got beginner and casual contests where you can play against people of similar skill level if you're just getting into it, which is great. And the best part, you get to draft a new team each and every day. And drafting a team is arguably the best part of every fantasy sport you play. The only thing better is the winning the cash. Just ask Dan from St. Louis or Jeremy from Austin. They both turned a $3 entry into 1000 bucks. Huge cash prizes and bragging rights await only at DraftKings. So use our code CLNS at DraftKings.com to play free with your first deposit for a share of $10,000. Yeah, that's ten grand, people. In total prizes, don't wait. Use the code CLNS at DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup, and you can seriously cash in tonight. That's code CLNS only at DraftKings.com. The game inside the game, minimum $5. Deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And like I said, draft Kyrie Irving because the dude is a freaking stud. All right. Big news outside of Red Sox world and Red Sox land has to do with the rivalry. And we got to talk about it because it's a big deal. The Yankees did fire Joe Girardi. We know that. And they were looking for a manager. And out of left field came Aaron Boone. So Aaron Boone we all know, has been on the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast for a couple years now. Boring as hell to listen to. Knows his baseball, but boring as hell to listen to. Only Awful per- voice. Only person worse is Jess <laughs> So, you take you take him out of the booth. We're probably going to replace him with some more boring stiff who can't do his job like Kurt Schilling could. Still bummed about that. And then you put him in the pinstripes for three years. He's now the manager of the, of the New York Yankees. Aaron frickin' Boone versus Alex Cora. That's the, that's the manager headline now for years to come. You have a young core of the Yankees, Aaron Judge and, and company. You have Mookie Betts and company. Now you have Alex Cora versus Aaron frickin' Boone. Yeah, I mean, uh, wow. I don't know. I'm, I was really people, shocked that... Of all people. Well, that's, that's the thing. So I was like, I'm like, they have a list of people that are out there that are available. They We saw who they were interviewing. And then I was like, I'm um, like Aaron Boone. I'm like that'd be funny. Like it's great for the rivalry. Absolutely, it is absolutely fantastic for the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. I just don't know. I mean, this guy has no managerial experience. He, I mean, yeah, neither does Cora. But I mean, Cora was a bench coach, so for a year, you know, right? right but it, like he's been there, and yeah. you know, we can say you know the same things really. Like Aaron Boone knows the team. He's played there. Like I just, I have no idea if this guy can manage. I, I don't. I. I never saw him as a manager. I've met him a few times. He's a fantastic guy, but it's just like, I don't see him as, as a big league manager. Like this is this 2017 is really freaking weird. And now that Aaron Boone is the Yankees manager, I'm just, this is, this is either going to be really, really good for them or really bad. Like the Yankees are just going to blow up this season or they're going to just tear it apart and just be absolutely amazing. So you think it's going to be like Bobby Valentine or Terry Francona? Yeah. Oh, it's, I think it's going to be like a, a worse than Bobby Valentine, or it's going to be like a 2013 John Farrell, where it's really? like, woo, wow. World Series. I, I just, wow. it's no not, ground. there is no middle ground. And maybe, maybe there will be, but in my mind, there is absolutely no middle ground. See, I, this is going to be the best or worst thing for I this agree, team. there is no middle ground. It's one way or the other. I think he's going to do phenomenal. To be 100% honest. Like, I'm scared for how good that I hope could he be does because. With it. No, I don't hope he does well. No, I'm you don't. For you. <laughs> <laughs> 2003 makes you want him to do well. Uh, do you want me to cry on air? You know, every time <laughs> they play the Yankees on ESPN, they're going to play that clip. Oh, absolutely. Every absolutely. Sunday night baseball game, they're going to glorify Aaron Boone. They're going to play that home run every time the Yankees have a chance to be clutch. 
they're gonna put they're gonna put Tim Wakefield somewhere and then put him like in the stands. Yeah. Every <laughs> broadcast, Wakefield's gonna be there talking about Aaron Boone and that pitch. It's gonna be a nauseating of how much we have it, to watch that home run. Oh, it's absolutely going to be. And the only reason, like, I don't I don't want him to absolutely fail. I mean, we know what it's like to sit there and have a crap coach and just. But I mean, maybe it's good for their fans. I don't care about their fans. But I mean, I I mean, I never want to see anyone fail. But I know Aaron Boone broke my heart. I get it. Like. Then you I'm, met him. And then you met him at all, <laughs> yeah. all as well as Sin will. Hmm. Yeah, so he, I mean, like I said, he's, he's a great guy, but that doesn't mean, like, I want to be his friend. I would never want to be his friend. See, but as, as much as he makes me fall asleep listening to a baseball broadcast, he really does. It's boring. But he, he knows baseball. If you actually listen oh, yeah. to the words, he knows this game inside and out. I'm convinced he's going to – I think he's going to do well in New York for the same reasons Cora is going to do well here, and I believe that wholeheartedly. He's a younger younger guy, not one of the old bags who still are managing in baseball these days. He can relate to the players. He knows the game really well. He's played in New York. He's excelled in New York, and he's been a guy, and he's been around the league, and he's well-respected. Hear that before? It's Alex Cora. It's the same thing. So I don't know if it's a reaction hire to the Red Sox hiring Alex Cora. Really, I believe that if that was the case. You know, it's a reaction hire. You see the Red Sox hire Alex Cora, young, older player who used to play in the market, knows they can handle it. Wasn't the all-star. You know, he played with Jeter. He wasn't those guys. But he was a, he's a, he's a guy that you could depend on if you needed to. Utility player. Heard that before. So it could have been a reaction hire. But either way, I think they did it for a reason. And, and he could really well do well in New York. And I think he was their guy for a while, and I think that they just kind of last minute put him on the list so no one else would consider him. Yeah, I I didn't think about like the comp- the comparison to Core. I mean, I thought about what they both were, but not that they would do that because the Red Sox hired Cora, but it does make sense. And I mean, it shows you the way the manager's, managing's going. People used to care about managerial experience. Now they care about relating to the players and clubhouse and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what they care about now. So that's why both these guys are hired. So I think it's really interesting um, I also believe that he's going to do well because I've heard a lot of people say that he knows a ton and that he's going to be really good for them in terms of his baseball knowledge, even though he hasn't managed before. So, and like they said that like he did his, he really did his work at ESPN and really got to know like everybody and all the details and all this stuff. So even though his voice is really annoying, scouting report. Regardless, that's, right, that's right. what he was doing. All, he was watching tape. He was scouting. He knows his stuff, right. guys. I hate to say right. it because well, I so, want them so to it makes fail. Sense. But, yeah. It, no, he absolutely does. He knows the stuff inside and out. And, you know, it's it's like Cora. Like I said, like he knows this team. He's played in New York, obviously. Only one being year, able to, Yeah, but being able to relate to the players as a player, like a former player and kind of being in that system before is definitely going to be a plus. So, I mean, like I said, it's going to be really good or really bad. I, at the end of the day, think it's going to be, oh, I'm going to be fine. Just because same reasons for Cora. He knows this, he knows Boston, he knows players, so... I mean, the comparison's definitely there, but meh. It, but it's really good for the robbery. And, see, I, don't, and I don't even think the one year, Jess, even matters because he excelled in that one year. And so, Boston hates him for that he, one year. He had, he had a pretty big home run, yeah. That dude is a legend. <laughs> for one year in New York, that dude is a legend in that city. A legend. Because of one hit, not, not even because of one year. No, <laughs> one hit made that guy invincible. So he's going to have to do a lot to really mess up. I'm not. I'm convinced right. of that. I know it's a very much like well, Boston. It's like Dave Roberts with yeah. here, one steal, one all steal, he needed. and he's, he's all immortality. He, he can come to Boston and never buy a drink again. Like that dude has immortality in the city. Same as Aaron Boone in that city. So he's gonna have to do a lot to mess up. He's gonna have to do a lot, and at least in the eyes of the Yankees fans, obviously the media will hit him hard because we 
just like we do. They question managers every move, if not more than we do. Um, I would have laughed if they hired John Farrell. That would have been phenomenal. But um, <laughs> that being said, I'm intrigued by this. I'm, I'm more excited for the, the season to start, honestly, now with this higher than I was before. Uh, because if the Red Sox add what they need to add, at least J.D., and then go on from there, Yankees are good. You know, they might be the favorites to win the division coming into the year. Add Aaron Boone, new managers, Alex Cora. It's going to be fun. And it, this rivalry is starting to heat up again, and I love it. It's going to be great. Um, one small thing for the Red Sox that's kind of out of the league as well, um, Doug Fister signed with the Rangers. Just your guys' quick take on that um, before we get to the last thing of the night, which is Otani, that international dude who didn't want to play for the Red Sox. Stupid. Um, but Doug Fister, not with the Red Sox, signs with the Rangers. Does this matter? Um, I know, Jess, you kind of like Doug Fister, but – Overall, are they okay without him? What's he do for the Rangers? Just quick thoughts on Fister. Yeah, I love me some Fister. He was good. Mm. He's he was an enjoyable player for sure. But yeah, I was sad. I I, I got a little frown when I, when I saw the news. So yeah, it's not a huge deal. It's not like I mean we got him because the Angels didn't want him. It's not like he was like this prized possession that like everybody wanted. So it's not a huge deal, and they'll be fine without him. But yeah, I I, uh, I shed a. Uh, and inside my head tear when I saw that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely a little bummed. I mean, it was just kind of, I was, I got the alert and I was like, oh, that sucks, you know? But I mean, he had like a one hitter against the Indians of all teams when he was here. So, I mean, he did some good. He obviously had some bad times, but I mean, we didn't get him to be a number two starter. We just got him, like said, because the Angels didn't want him. So, and he did better than people thought he would. Mm-hmm. No, he did much better. I think he'll do fine for the Rangers. There's not a lot of pressure over there, so I think he'll be fine. And you know, he's you know he's cheap rental. So if he sucks, it's okay. You're only stuck with him for a year anyway. So, it's, but I think he'll do fine. Low pressure market over there, and uh-huh. it's warm. He'll be fine. Yeah, and, he'll I, be fine. and I think with Doug Fister too, um, I think part of it is they just didn't need him. You know, Stephen Wright is coming back. Erod's there. You know, they have pitchers on the staff, and he really was brought in because of injuries and because they needed some guys to pitch. And I don't think they need him when healthy, and they might, you know, go after other people, bring other guys up from the minors. Like, it's something where he might have just been the odd man out in terms of needed depth because you do have, like I said, Stephen Wright coming back. David Price will be back in the rotation this year. I'll, you know, they have a rotation without him, and there's no need to have him. So uh, it doesn't it makes sense, and he gets to go be a guy in the Rangers staff who could, you know, they could be a decent team. You never know. But um, last thing we want to talk about, the this international sensation. I don't know much about him. haven't done too much reading because he shunned Boston, so I kind of put my blinders on. Um, he shunned Boston and New York, which shows me softy. Can't handle the pressure. Doesn't want to play in a big market, which means who knows. We'll see um, if he actually can handle a clutch moment when he gets to it, if he does. But Apparently the finalists are a handful of teams. Dodgers, Angels, Giants, Mariners, Padres, Cubs, and the Rangers. Um, what do you guys make of this? Like, mo- Less the finalists, because I don't really care where he goes, but just more of the him not wanting to play in a big market. Good. Uh, if somebody doesn't want to play here, I don't want them here. So Yeah, yeah Carl Crawford, can... listen up. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> maybe he thought he couldn't handle whether it's like – because wherever he goes, it's going to be a, a swarm of media. So I don't know if he just couldn't didn't want to – be able to handle the Boston or New York media, whatever it was. I don't care if he doesn't want to be here. I don't want him here because we've had people on this team before that didn't want to be here. Carl Crawford. And sometimes I still think David Price doesn't want to be here, but if you can come out and say, you don't want to play here, I'm going to have way more respect for you than coming here and being an absolute bust. So whatever, it sucks. I'm not convinced he's going to be fantastic. I mean, look at Dice K, you know, he was one of those, he, I was going to say, Dice K probably so scared him away. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, you know, 
Whatever. Oh, I don't. Didn't I don't he, care. Didn't he I say something? Didn't he say something too about not wanting to play anywhere where there was already like another Asian yeah. sensation? But I think he wanted. Didn't he want to be like the only current one? I don't think he cared about like previous. I think he just wanted to be like current. Ooh, that makes. I sense. think. How, how can he be that particular? <laughs> because he's <laughs> right? spoiled and thinks he's above everybody else. Right. Because he can pitch and hit. That's why. Because he can Cause pitch he can and hit. Something that nobody else. Nobody else can do. You yeah. know. That's what he's thinking. Yeah. I. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him either, besides the fact that he can pitch and hit, and he's supposed to be really good. But it just kind of came out of nowhere. And you know, he just—he's—he's he's a guy that that decided to pick teams that he didn't want to go to, and I think that's weird. And I don't know why he thinks he can do that. So I'm fine with him not being here because Dice Gay was enough of an experiment and fun thing that turned out to be a disaster. Uh, so I don't really want that again, and he could very well be that. So I am fine with it. I don't really care where he goes either. But I hope he's prepared to uh, talk to the media because it's going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely. And if he's not prepared for that, it might be a disaster. So I mean, you look at some of these clubs. You supposedly is a finalist for him. Dodgers, decent sized baseball market, especially when they're good. Um, Cubs always have some pressure when they're good, so he's not going to get away from it. I just think he saw historic team Boston, New York, the scrutiny that these players are under here, and right away he was like, "Screw that." I am not going there. He saw, I think Daisuke was a big reason for that. I think Daisuke is heroic over there in terms of <laughs> what, what you know. What I mean, so I think should have stayed over there. Seriously, uh, yeah, he was good that one year. Come on, um, yeah, but he was maddening. He was, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, but he had a thousand and a half walks and didn't do anything important. This is true. Um, <laughs> So we'll see where that goes, and who knows when that kind of information falls down. But we'll be here. Um, that's, that's a good place to end for the week. A lot to talk about, so I'm glad we got to hop on this week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Don't forget to follow the network on Sealonis Media is at Sealonis Media, um, as well as search Sealonis Media on Facebook. You'll find us there. Keep an eye on those channels as well, because as the winter meetings approach, we've been dabbling in the idea of doing some Facebook live reactions, especially when we haven't had shows every week. So keep an eye out for that, because that is coming. I will tell that to you now. And then don't forget to check out the Networks uh, app as well as the new CLNS Media website, clnsmedia.com. So go check that out as well. And for Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, I am Jared Scali. We'll be back next week in the heart of winter meetings. We'll talk about it. We'll break it down, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week.